the Apollo Podcast Network. All right, hello everybody and welcome to Cash Landing, the show where we fall ass backwards into the money and you get richer just by listening. Uh, my name is Ben. I'm going to be one of your co-hosts for this show. Um, this is uh, this is going to be a podcast where we look at, you know, just sort of general sports talk. We're going to do it through a daily fantasy sports and a sports gambling lens. Uh, so we're going to focus a lot on those things, but it's not going to be all that. There's going to be some sports talk and banter and, you know, we're going to have fun with it. And uh, with that, I'm going to throw it over to my co-host, Aaron, who comes over with me from our old radio show. Aaron, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? Uh, first off, you you sold yourself a little short. This is a uh, Astros Twitter legend, Ben, formerly known as Correa's Veneers. Now he's a uh, <laughs> mid Z four on Twitter. He's the man that posts the picture of the cow standing in the middle of the ocean. Uh, I do, pretty I do, constant. I do, I do the, yeah, I do do that a lot. That's a good. That's a good call. Yeah, that one always. Uh, that one always brightens my day. Just a cow looking very, just lonely in the middle of the ocean. But uh, yeah, we're uh, we're gonna try to help you guys uh, learn about the DFS world, daily fantasy sports. We're going to talk sports in general, um, give out some bets. Um, and anyone that you know loves to play DraftKings, uh, any DFS in general, we're going to try to make you guys some money. And uh, hopefully you guys really enjoy the pod. But yeah, I'm Aaron. Uh, I've known Ben for a while now. I'm a big sports fan. I'm from Austin. And uh, I'm just really excited to get going here and start talking sports. Yeah, so for those of you who are unaware, which is you know probably most of you, Aaron and I had a uh, sports radio talk show at our college last year. Uh, we you know it was it was pretty fun. We sort of got our feet wet with with all this stuff. Um, we ran a segment on that show called the Big Three Picks, in which we picked against the spread every week in football. We did that for all seventeen weeks of the regular season. I, I believe I finished with a 56% cash rate, which is which is pretty good, picking against the spread. I think, Aaron, you finished just over 50%, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, I was right around 50% right there with you. So, you know, we're, we're sharper than your average Bears. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that we're the best sports gamblers to ever exist, but, you know, we, we, can, we can give some good advice. My hope for this is that you can put this on while you're making your lineups or while you're scouring whatever it is you need to scour. And, you know, hopefully we can provide you with a fresh perspective, maybe some data that you hadn't seen before. We can do some of the work for you and, uh, you know, we can all we can all cash. We can all make it to the money. Yeah, I think that's perfect. And one other thing I'd like to mention is, you know, with our big three picks, we really restricted ourselves to picking three games against the spread straight up. Uh, We're going to kind of open it up a little more on this show. We're going to dive into some parlays. We can do teasers. You know, we can do over under totals. We, you know, we might throw in some futures for uh, other sports because this isn't just going to be football. So, uh, yeah, we're going to open it up more than just straight bets. And I think, uh, Ben, I have a good feeling, man. I think we're going to get hot this football season. Oh, I have. There is not a doubt in my mind. I just want to throw out a quick shout out to Apollo Hugh for uh, hosting this this podcast and, you know, giving us a platform to put it on. Uh, those guys are awesome. I do a lot of work with them. Uh, if you are looking for Astros prospect writing, you can find me do that for them uh, on their website. They have a ton of talented graphic designers, video editors, and everything else. So uh, I just want to say thanks to those guys for you know letting us do what we're doing here. Yeah, I completely second that. I'm excited to join Apollo here in this limited capacity. But uh, 
Ben, I think we got all the housekeeping stuff out of the way. I think it's time uh-huh. to start building some winning lineups for our uh, for our listeners. I am so excited to just talk football with you for a second. Uh, so we're what we're going to do today is we're going to start out. We're recording this on Friday night. So we're going to start out looking at the DFS slate for Sunday football. Uh, nothing really changes from Friday to Saturday. There's you know going to be some injuries to monitor, obviously, but we think Friday night is going to be good. So uh, just going forward, Friday night is going to be pretty focused on football on Sundays, and then we're going to do this twice a week. We will also record on Tuesday evenings, and uh, those will be more you know baseball, basketball focused. We'll go over the, the daily baseball slate as well as Thursday night football in those episodes. So whatever you're whatever it is you're looking for we got something for you uh anyway yeah go ahead take it away with the with the dfs slate aaron yeah also last thing i think it's important to mention is uh we both um we're going to use DraftKings pricing but uh you know if you play on FanDuel or any other site you can safely assume that we like the same plays you'll just have to monitor if there's giant price differences then you know you got to factor that in yourselves but we're going to start it off here with quarterback and um Ben, I think it's uh, we got to go with the chalk, and when we talk about chalk, that's going to be the most popular plays. The guy that are the guys with the heavy ownership, and uh, that seems like it's going to be Dak Prescott this week. You know, we know Atlanta's defense struggled. We know that is the highest total on the board, fifty-two and a half points. Uh, we're expecting a shootout here, so Dak Prescott should be highly owned this week. Do you think he deserves to be the most highly owned quarterback? Do you think there's somewhere else where you would like to pivot? What are your thoughts on Dak here in this uh, really good matchup at home? Well, I absolutely think he deserves to be the most highly owned quarterback uh, by virtue of the fact that he probably will be the most highly owned quarterback. And this is on a slate with, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I mean, I mean, Dak Prescott has, you know, the best matchup here and therefore will probably be fairly chalky. I would I would be looking to pivot in tournaments. I would stay away from him in tournaments in cash. He is absolutely a, a fantastic play. And let me just go ahead and define those terms real quick. If you are unaware, cash games, when we mention those, that just means uh, games in which you are only looking to cash. So double ups, stuff like that, where if you pass the cash line, you, you know, you win. And that's that those are your maximum earnings. A tournament are those, you know, large pool entries in which you can enter multiple times, even maybe. And, uh, you know, the, the pay scales, the larger you go up. So you're, you're, what you're really looking for in tournament is to pick the guy who nobody else has who takes you to that number one spot. Yeah, and in those tournaments, that's where you're going to be really looking for like stacks. You're going to want to pair a low and quarterback with a low and wide receiver to try to get you know multiple touchdowns out of the same play. And in cash, you're just looking for guys with really high floor. They're not going to completely burn you, and they should be you know locked into some pretty stable fantasy production. So... Uh, that's what we're saying here with Dak. I think he's just a cash game play. Obviously, you can play him in tournaments because we project him to score a lot of points here. But um, I think he's very safe for cash. He's probably the best cash play for the price. But you can certainly fade Dak in uh, tournaments because there's plenty of other good tournament quarterback options, I I think. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I just want to say the reason why we're so high on Dak this week is because this Atlanta defense, I mean – that secondary is just Swiss cheese, man. They they got carved up by Seattle last week. They're going to get carved up by the Cowboys and all of the weapons that they have, even without Blake Jarwin. Uh, rest in peace to our fantasy tight end. That was a rough week one for us, but rest in you peace. Know, 
that always happens. You can't predict injury. Uh, but yeah, the 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 Atlanta defense is 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 not very good. They're thirtieth in in DV in past DVOA. It's just not. It, it's just not great. No, I mean Dak's a lock and load play. Don't hesitate to play him in your cash lineups. But while we're talking about tournament pivots, you don't have to scroll down very far <laughs> on your DraftKings app to get to a very good tournament pivot. We believe, and that's going to be a. Uh, that's going to be Josh Allen at 6,700. This is Ben's quarterback. Uh, he was formerly a Texans fan before Bill O'Brien just ripped the soul out of his body and just threw it in the dumpster. But now, uh, Bill, uh, Ben, I know you're a proud member of Bill's Mafia, so I'll let you get us started here on Josh Allen. Bill's Mafia, baby. Yeah, you were right about Bill O'Brien, man. I I, I can't do it anymore. But uh, so, I mean, it's, it's no secret. The Miami defense is not great. Was not great last year. They were dead last in, in DVOA. They were just just horrible. They're probably a little improved this year just by virtue of all these young guys, you know, gaining a year, a year of experience and and having a year of cohesion. But but still, they were horrible last year. Josh Allen can make plays with his legs and beat you in the air. He's he's going to turn the ball over. I, I want to make that clear. But as far as fantasy goes, you really don't need to worry about that too much. He's going to give you some points. I I like the pivot. I like other pivots more on this slate. Um, I think that throwing Josh Allen into your lineup at 6,700 on DraftKings is a is a perfectly you know suitable option, especially if you're looking to get first place in the tournament and not um, you know not top 50. Yeah, I agree here. I I don't think you should really consider Josh Allen in cash games. He's right between Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan, who are just safer plays, more frankly. But when we're talking about tournaments. This is when you really want a quarterback that has a chance to, you know, go off with his legs, uh, not just in the air. And we saw what Cam Newton did to this Miami defense last week on the ground. And we know Josh Allen is uh, very athletic. He's got those long legs. He just looks like a gazelle in the open field. And uh, there's no reason to believe Josh Allen can't do the same damage that Cam did on the ground. And that's what really gets you that upside for tournaments, you know, where you can see him throw for two touchdowns, run for two touchdowns, and really get you those 40, 45 points you're going to need to uh, take down a large tournament. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the I expect the game script to go fairly favorably for the Bills in this game. I expect them to run the ball a lot, but, you know, there's always a chance. We saw the Bills and, and Miami get into a shootout last year where, you know, Fitzpatrick was kind of lighting it up. The question is just, can he do it two years in a row? My answer is no, but... Uh, you know, any given Sunday, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, if that's all we have on Josh Allen, I would love to move on to the next guy because, uh, you know, Josh Allen could definitely win you a tournament. I, I am not counting on Josh Allen putting up 30 points this week. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Uh, I jotted down Big Ben here. I think Big Ben is worth noting for tournaments. I think he's a tournament play only just because this matchup versus Denver, it's a good matchup, not a great matchup. There's a chance, you know, he could go out there, throw for 250 yards, one touchdown, and he's you know not going to do much for you in tournaments. But I think there is also a world in which um, this Steelers passing offense, which looked great last week, I think they can just repeat it. Uh, Denver's secondary is not the Denver secondary we're used to, and they lost A.J. Boye to injury um, this past week. Uh, Deontay Johnson looked really good. Juju looked like vintage Juju, nothing like last year. Chase Claypool, the rookie, looks like a great option. I am not going to be surprised if this the story coming out of this week is are the Steelers like a team to be reckoned with in the AFC, and that's led by the passing attack by Bidbin. 
I would not be surprised if you get four touchdowns here. And man, you look at the guys around him in uh, DraftKings. You've got Kyler Murray, who we'll get to in a second. You've got Matt Ryan and Dak, like we talked about right above him. I think this whole Steelers offense could come in pretty low owned. And uh, I think a, a Steelers stack here is a, a perfectly good tournament play led by Big Ben at the top. I, I agree, definitely. If you, you know, that's one of those things where you got to be willing to lose the entry. Uh, you know, there's also a good chance that the Steelers passing game is mediocre. There's there's a fairly decent chance. I will say I don't think that Deontay Johnson looked amazing as a football player. I saw him and Ben get mixed up on a couple routes just throughout the game. That could just be week one issues. I'm not I'm not going to put a, a whole lot of stock in it. Uh, you you are correct. Juju looked like vintage Juju. That looked amazing. Uh, he that you know he he didn't really have to catch him any deep balls or anything, but he worked within the offense the way that we remember before, you know, Mason Rudolph had to take over and then Duck Hodgins and, you know, last year was just was just horrible. Chase Claypool, you know, looks like the athletic freak that they were advertising in camp, but I I don't think I'm as high on this as you are. I definitely understand the play. Uh, the guy that I am high on is is right below Big Ben and it, it's it's Kyler Murray. I, I, I would... I think I'm taking Kyler Murray as my quarterback in most of my entries this weekend. Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and go over the, uh, the the Kyler Murray numbers. Yeah, I love Kyler Murray here, too. Um, there's really no reason to be down on him. Ben, the usage for Kyler Murray is off the charts. In week go one... Ahead, go ahead. Go ahead and tell me. Go ahead. 40 pass attempts. That's egregious, right? I mean, 40 pass attempts, that's, that's pretty standard for today's NFL. But, I mean, he was airing it out. And then wait for it, 13 carries to go along with the 40 pass attempts. He was above 100 yards rushing last week until he took some, you know, 10-yard kneels at the end of the game to get back under 100 yards. But, I mean, when you get 40 pass attempts and 13 carries, and that was in a relatively low-scoring game with, like, not an ideal matchup against the San Francisco 49ers, man, now he gets the Washington defense, who is very uh, – very mediocre in passing defense. They have a good front four, but man, if they have a good front four, I think that just leads to Murray getting outside the pocket and scrambling, which is great for DK points. Um, I don't see much not to love about Kyler Murray this week. I think you can play him in tournaments. I think he's probably my favorite cash game quarterback right there with Dak Prescott. $6,100 just seems too cheap to me, Ben. I mean, I know you like him too. I, I agree. The, the The price is too low. I, you know, I, if I was the one pricing him, he would not be below Big Ben for sure, especially at 40 pass attempts and 13 carries. I mean, that's, you know, he almost got more more carries than Raheem Mostert. And that's, you know, that's uh, that's just sort of unbelievable. But, you know, I, I think Kyler Murray is the way to go here. If you are insistent on pivoting off of Dak, if somehow you have both of these in, let's say, your e- guys, uh, sorry, if somehow you have both of these guys in your ESPN, you know, fantasy football lineup, you, you really do have a decision to make. I, I do think it is Dak. I will say that. I think Dak is the play in normal fantasy. But as far as daily fantasy goes, I think Kyler Murray will be a little bit lower owned and is cheaper. And therefore, this is this is my guy this week. I'm riding with Kyler Murray. Yeah, and I mean, just let the record show, me and Ben are both University of Texas football fans. Kyler Murray attended um, the University of A&M for a couple of years. He then transferred to the University of Oklahoma where he torched Texas and won the Heisman Trophy. So if we are recommending Kyler Murray, we're doing it because we believe in this man this week, not because we are lifelong fans and uh, homers of Kyler Murray by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, it, yeah, it, it pains me tremendously to, <laughs> to even 
to even recommend him to people. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm going to scroll down here. I'm going to move on to the next guy I jotted down. And uh, that is a man by the name of Daniel Dimes Jones, $5,800. Now, Ben mentioned this earlier. You have to know what kind of DFS player you are. If you're just pretty conservative, you're going to roll out one lineup. That's it. You're going to live or die with that one lineup. You do not want to play Daniel Jones in your only lineup that you're going to be rooting for all day. But if you're a guy that you say, okay, I'm going to play a couple cash game lineups, then I'm going to roll out, you know, eight to 10 tournament lineups. I really like the idea of throwing in uh, Daniel Jones into, you know, maybe one, maybe two of those tournament lineups. I think the passing game looked pretty good last week, and that was against the worst matchup possible in the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was spreading the ball around to his different guys. Uh, I was impressed by Shepard. Uh, Darius Slayton looks like the legitimate deep threat that uh, we were hoping he would be. And uh, now he gets a matchup versus the Bears, where I do, again, expect them to struggle to be able to run the ball. I think that's going to put the onus on Daniel Jones to put up a lot of points here. And uh, I think it's a good tournament option. Ben, what do you think? If you're against it, I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm I'm fairly against it. I mean, I, I think the Steelers and the Bears are, are the one and two defenses in the league still. Uh, the Bears' secondary is still very good. Uh, I'm... I would not put him in any of these lineups. I, I could see, the only way I could see this working out is the Daniel Jones two rushing touchdowns that we saw a couple times last year, in which case it's you know, it, it would work out pretty well. But I, I'm gonna stay away from Daniel Jones. Kyler Murray is three hundred dollars more. I just I, I'm gonna take Kyler Murray every time at that price point. Yeah, I mean that's the argument for it. Only three hundred dollars more. Daniel Jones is a good tournament pivot, but Again, just to reiterate, that's only if you're playing multiple lineups and uh, you want to try to get fancy and really try to sneak in a lone quarterback in there. Um, ben, any other quarterbacks you want to bring up? I'm seeing Phillip Rivers. Uh, he has a good matchup this week. You want to talk a little bit about him? Anybody else that catches your eye, maybe even cheaper below Daniel Jones, or you're ready to move on to running back? I, I think I'm ready to move on. I will say, you know, the the Colts offense, I think, will will run efficiently. I don't expect Phil Rivers in any capacity to outscore Dak Prescott or or anybody else uh, in the the price bracket that we talked about in the six to seven k range, and especially somebody like Lamar Jackson against the Texans. Uh, I, I I just think you sort of have to pay up for quarterback up to the down to the level of Kyler Murray this week if you want to you know win the tournament. Yeah. Um, important to mention, uh, we did talk about the value of quarterbacks being able to run. Phillip Rivers, unlikely to get 13 carries this week. I would be surprised. Um, not the most mobile guy in the world. <laughs> Something would have went horribly wrong with the game script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, you uh, you mentioned Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. I know we didn't talk about them. Look, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, they're both great plays. If you want to play them, we are not going to tell you not to play Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. You're going to pay for it at running back and wide receiver, but you know we all know the upsides there with those two guys. I don't think too much needs to be said. I, I'm, I'm especially not mad at, at Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I just don't see any way in which the Bill O'Brien-led Texans defense is, is outcoached. Or I'm sorry, outcoaches the Baltimore Ravens who... Didn't they put up 48 points against them when they played last year? It was just horrible. Yeah, so I'm going to pose a question to you, Ben. What's the bigger coaching mismatch this week? We've got John Harbaugh versus Bill O'Brien. But we also have 
Kyle Shanahan against Adam Gase. Which one do you think is more of a mismatch right there? It's absolutely Kyle, Sh- Kyle Shanahan against Adam Gase. It's not even close. What if I threw in a bonus pick of Andy Reid versus Anthony Lynn? <laughs> Actually, it might be Andy Reid versus Anthony Lynn. I know. So Aaron is a Chargers fan. You know, God bless his God bless his soul. And he texted me the other day talking about. <laughs> I can't believe that we might actually have the worst quarterback and head coach in the NFL in the, like in the same year. And you know, he's, he's correct. He might. Yeah, no, I was just sitting there on the couch and it just, it just came to me. I was like, wow, I'm going to cheer for this team endlessly for the next 17 weeks. And there is a very good chance. They have the 32nd best starting quarterback and the 32nd best head coach in the NFL. One to know though, bring on the chiefs, baby. Let's go. Yeah, good luck with that. All right, you ready to move to running back? I'll let you start yeah, off here can, with the uh, with the man at the top. Yeah, we can go ahead and, and move on to running back. I jotted down Christian McCaffrey. I just want to I just want to know Christian McCaffrey is ten thousand DraftKings dollars. That is, I mean, it's what he's always priced, but that is ridiculous. You know what you're getting when you draft Christian McCaffrey. I would say that if there was ever a week to completely fade him, this would be the week. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were so stingy against the run and, you know, running back catches last year. And the defense is basically the same as it was last year. They were the second worst team for running back fantasy points in 2019. $10,000 is a super hefty price tag. You're going to pay for it, you know, with basically the rest of your entire lineup. And Carolina now has three legit wide receiver weapons on the outside, which they did not have last year. And I expect them to use them. So that's how I feel about Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to fade this week. Uh, what, what do you think, Aaron? Yeah, just to clarify for any really new uh, DraftKings players, when we say fade, that means we're not playing them. Other people might, but we're just going to avoid him this weekend. I think it's 100% the right call. I'm you know, as big of a Christian McCaffrey fan as there is out there when it comes to fantasy football, but I really think he's entering unplayable this week. Just when we look at the rest of the slate, There are so many great teams that have great matchups. You're going to need to have a little bit of money to spend up at other running back spots and wide receiver spots. There's just so many good players this week. It's really hard to justify paying, uh, paying 10 K for Christian McCaffrey and, you know, one of the worst matchups he's going to have all year. There's going to be plenty of other weeks where we say Christian McCaffrey, you know, lock him and load him in cash games. But I don't think, uh, I don't think that's the case this week at all. I agree with you, Ben. I'm I'm really surprised that he costs as much as he does against against the Buccaneers. Uh, like honestly, uh, he's he's eighteen hundred dollars more than the next guy that we're going to talk about, and I think that the that uh, he's a better play, and that's going to be Ezekiel Elliott. And just I would absolutely roll Zeke out in cash lineups for sure. I would play him over Christian McCaffrey ten times out of ten this week. Yeah, I mean you mentioned it eighteen hundred dollars less to where. If they were the same price, I would probably be telling you to play Zeke Elliott just because of the matchup. Um, we saw the usage last week. Then you know Zeke, it's same old Zeke. They're going to use him on the passing game. They're going to just hammer him on the ground. Um, Dallas is not going to struggle to move the ball in this matchup. Um, in when it comes to cash games, you should probably be playing either Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, or both of them. That's just how I see it. The Cowboys are going to be chalky this week, and I think they're going to be chalky, you know, for a good reason. And Zeke has got multiple touchdown upside here in this spot. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we're, we're just going to keep it moving along. We have so many running backs to talk about because this position is incredibly deep this week with even a lot of value in the 
you know, sort of towards the bottom. Um, so we're, we're I'm just going to move it straight on to Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, the big Titans bruising running back. They're, they're playing the Jaguars. This is a no-brainer. The Jaguars have no run defense to speak of at all. They were 31st in run defense last year, and you know, Derrick Henry is going to get a workload. Uh, Derrick Henry is basically locked into my, into my RB one slot for tournaments this week. And he's a great cash game play because the floor, uh, there's no way he doesn't run for a hundred yards. Yeah. I mean, Ben, you mentioned the workload. Derrick Henry had 31 carries last week. I mean, that's the numbers we were seeing like in the playoffs last year when the Titans were in, you know, win it all cost mode. And they just rolled it back out week one and said, nope, this man's still going to carry the ball 31 times a game. He's going to score a touchdown. He's going to have 100 yards. He'll probably score two touchdowns. Um, if you're not playing Zeke Elliott, I think you should then be playing Derrick Henry in cash games. And, you know, I just think he's a great play. If you want to play him over Zeke, I'm not going to argue with that at all. And I just, I think Derrick Henry is a great play here in this spot. They're just they're gonna run him until he dies. It's it's unbelievable. I, yeah. Who's the last running back to get consistently thirty plus carries in you know today's NFL? It's I I can't think of one. No, I mean I maybe Adrian Peterson back in the day. I don't remember exactly how many carries he was getting, but thirty one just feels ridiculous in today's NFL. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we've got the man with three names. That would be Clyde Edwards-Alaire, rookie running back, Kansas City Chiefs. He comes in at $7,400 this week. Uh, look, it's going to be hard not to recommend Clyde every single week. You know, the Chiefs' offense is what it is. It's going to dominate every single week. Clyde is clearly the lead back in that offense. He's going to be able to run for 100 yards every week. He's never going to see an eight-man box because, well, he just can't see an eight-man box when you have to double-team Travis Kelsey. You have to double-team Tyreek Hill. Um, the Chiefs played last Thursday, which means they're coming off 10 days rest. This Chargers defense, they lost a starting linebacker, Drew Tranquil, last week. They lost Derwin James before the season even started. It was already going to be an average run defense to start with. And, man, they're playing in a dome this week on the fast turf. I see no reason uh, to shy away from three-name Clyde here. Uh, yeah, I have no problem with three-name Clyde. Full disclosure, you know, we have – three name Clyde in many fantasy leagues and many season log leagues. We completely believe in this man. And for good reason, uh, he, he didn't even, he got a lot of opportunity last week and he didn't even really capitalize on all of it. And he still put up a pretty good stat line. Uh, I expect a lot from Clyde this week. I am, I, I am green lighting the Clyde Edwards Alaire uh, at 7,400 for sure. I, I think I like Derrick Henry more in cash, uh, but Clyde is close. Yeah, I agree. I would find the extra $500 for Henry. But uh, I think Clyde's going to be a good cash game play pretty much every week. And, you know, if there's weeks like this one where there's a chance he goes underlooked, you got to just lock and load him in tournaments because he got he has just as much upside as anybody in any given week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and with that, I, I think we're going to move on to the next running back on our list. At $7,100, you have Aaron Jones sitting there against the Vikings this week. Yeah, um, sorry, the, Lions. The, the Lions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron Jones against the Lions. Aaron Jones is very clearly the second best skill player on the Green Bay Packers. It's like it's it's really not close. I, I know Alan Lazard and Marcus Valdez Scanling had pretty good games last week, but you know, let's not kid ourselves. They use Aaron Jones as a lead back and a number two wide receiver at times. It's sort of amazing. He had six targets last week. 
Uh, I think he's going to be low owned. I mean, we talked about the running backs above him. I think a lot of people are going to be attracted to those. And I think that Aaron Jones is a sort of a sneaky tournament play for sure. Yeah. I mean, we saw Aaron Jones multiple times last year, you know, put up three, sometimes four touchdown games. And, uh, you know, that's what you need if you're trying to get first place in a large field tournament. You need like a eight person owned Aaron Jones to, you just look up and he has 150 yards rushing, you know, five catches and three touchdowns. And all of a sudden, you know, you're good, you're about to win the tournament. And, uh, and 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 we remember that that happened twice last year where he just put up 50 burgers. So, you know, you know, he can do it, which is more than you can say about, you know, even some people ahead of him. I don't there weren't many Zeke 50 burgers last year. Clyde is a rookie. Aaron Jones can definitely win win it for you. It's just it's definitely more of a roll of the dice than if you were taking Henry or Zeke. Yeah. And it's not a matchup to be scared of. Um, you know, the Lions might. The defense might get better for the Lions as the year goes on, but right now, you know, with no preseason limited trading camp, it looks like a defense that was struggling a little bit. I am, uh, yeah, I'm definitely locking and loading Aaron Jones in a couple tournament lineups this week. And with that, uh, we can move on to your next guy, Ben. Yeah, so I, I I went ahead and put Miles Sanders in in bold text on our on the on the Google document that we're sharing here. Can't confirm. Oh. Can't confirm bold text. <laughs> Miles Sanders. Uh, was inactive week one with a quad issue or a hamstring issue, something like that. He called himself 100% healthy. He was a toss-up to play week one, uh, you know, ruled out at the, at the last second. He, he called himself 100% healthy for this week. Everybody and their mother drafted him in round one or the back end of round two in a, tw- in a 12-man draft. I mean, if you didn't, then something's wrong with your league. And he is only $6,000. That is a full $1,100 less than Aaron Jones. I know there's some issues. The Eagles offensive line is just absolutely horrible. They're all sent to the dusty basement of local Philadelphia area hospitals. I mean, that offensive line is is in the infirmary forever. And he will probably even be kind of chalky at this price point, but I think he's basically my locked running back two this week. I just Miles Sanders has tremendous three touchdown upside, two of them being receiving touchdowns. This is another guy, he's, you know, he's probably the second best skill player on his team. So I, I think this is a lock RB2, 6K, Miles Sanders. Yeah, I mean, we saw them really struggle to move the ball last week. So you would think Miles Sanders is back. They got to put an emphasis on getting him the ball. You mentioned that the Eagles offensive line is pretty banged up. Um, that is true. And I think even with a struggling offensive line, while that may r- limit his upside in the running game, I think that could just lead to more dump offs from Carson Wentz. Um, you know, we love getting receptions, uh, especially on DraftKings where it's full PPR. Uh, I think you can see a bunch of catches from Miles Sanders, and you you talked about the touchdown upside. I am uh, I agree with you. I think he's a great tournament play. I think he's a decent cash play, and uh, yeah, I'm ready to roll out Miles Sanders for sure. I'm I'm locking him in in cash tournaments. Everything he he's my running back too. All right. Sure. Well, here's the person I think is going to be the probably the chalkiest RB two, and that's going to be Jonathan Taylor at 5700. Look, we all know what happened. Uh, We knew coming into the year, it was going to be an early season time split between Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. Then Marlon Mack, you know, unfortunately for him, goes down with a torn Achilles week one. He's out for the year. That means it's basically Jonathan Taylor's job. You know, Naheem Hines is going to kind of take the Austin Eckler role. um, And then Jonathan Taylor will be that prototypical Melvin Gordon role if you're going to compare it to the old Chargers backfield. But man, Jonathan Taylor, super talented. Minnesota defense is definitely not something to be afraid of. I think it's could turn out to be a pretty uh, below average defense this year. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be pretty chalky here, 
I think you can definitely make a case for fading him, especially with limited passing game upside. But, you know, Jonathan Taylor rushes for 120 yards and two touchdowns. I'm not going to be surprised at all. I, I, I do want to bring up that, and this is not very relevant to this specific fantasy slate, but just going forward, if you have Jonathan Taylor on your roster, I don't know if I really expect him to be your only your prototypical runner. I mean, Marlon Mack is pretty good in the pass game, but he's not amazing. And they had Naheem Hines last year, right? They did have Naheem Hines uh, last year, but they did not have Phillip Rivers, who, you know, loves throwing to those little scat backs. That, that's true. Maybe it, maybe it is a Rivers thing, but it, if it was a, a, a Colts thing on a macro level, I would think that Jonathan Taylor, you know, might just be a slight upgrade over what last year's Marlon Mack was, in which case, you know, you might actually want to go trade for him in a fantasy league. But but you, you, you do have a good point. Maybe it's a Philip Rivers thing, probably worth a couple of weeks of, you know, feeling it out, seeing how Jonathan Taylor operates in passing downs for sure. Yeah. And uh, I think he's going to be chalky, which leads us to the next play I have listed Ben, we haven't talked about this much. I'm not sure if you love this guy as much as I do this week, but Ronald Jones, 5,200. People are going to be worried about last week. They saw the Buccaneers struggle to move the ball. People are going to be worried about Leonard Fournette, which they should not be because Ronald Jones played uh, way more snaps and got way more carries than uh, Leonard Fournette last week. Going up against Carolina here, Carolina was dead last in DVOA versus the run last year. We saw them get absolutely torched by Josh Jacobs last week. Ronald Jones had 17 carries in a game that they were trailing last week. You flip the script, and uh, we expect Tampa to be leading here. The game script will be much more favorable. And I think we could see 20-plus carries here for Ronald Jones. They worked him into the passing game a little bit. I think he's just going to come in super under-owned, you know, in that same range as Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake, and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think he could potentially be a slate breaker, get two or three touchdowns here. I'm all in on a low own of Ronald Jones in tournament or even cash maybe. What do you think? I, I totally agree. You're right. We we didn't really talk about this, but this just shows you the chemistry that me and Aaron have. I have Ronald Jones in my flex in multiple DraftKings lineups and one of my ESPN leagues. I, I love Ronald Jones this year. I'm playing Ronald Jones over – you know, Michael Gallup and, and people like that. I also love him this week. I think his matchup is great. I think that's a great call. And uh, I would definitely slot him into the flex lineup that I have going with Derrick Henry and Miles Sanders for sure. Oh, building a lineup as we go. I just love that. <laughs> of course you agree with the call. If, if you guys aren't aware, I mean, if you guys have ever seen the Spider-Man meme of the two Spider-Mans just pointing at each other, that is me and Ben 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, we're just on the same page. Just the same page constantly. It is amazing. And speaking of same page, here's a guy that we both liked going into the year. This is going to be your budget play. This is, you know, you have $4,300 left to fill in your flex option. You filled in the rest of your lineup and you love it. And you are looking for the home run play that's going to miraculously score two touchdowns at that price level. Your answer is Antonio Gibson against the Arizona defense. Gibson was supposed to be the guy for the Washington football team, name redacted. Uh, we can't say that word anymore. If if you've already crafted the perfect lineup, you have $4,300 left. This is it. He might score you two touchdowns. You won't find that upside anywhere else in this price range. And I mean, wide receiver, whatever. You might find it at tight end, and we'll talk about that later. But Arizona gave up plenty of fantasy points to running backs last year. They were in the top 50% of the league in that. I'm, you know, I'm locking and loading Antonio Gibson in a budget lineup where maybe I took 
Christian McCaffrey, or maybe I took Ezekiel Elliott, or maybe I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing with Antonio Gibson. You can look at what happened last week and be super discouraged and see that Peyton Barber got more carries than Antonio Gibson, or you could flip the script and say, wait a second, Peyton Barber had 17 carries and he got 26 yards. Antonio Gibson got half the carries and had more yards than that. He's clearly the more explosive back. Um, He was brought in to be a guy that can catch passes out of the backfield and be heavily utilized in a passing offense, which is, you know, kind of what Dwayne Haskins needs right now at this stage in his career. Um, Hopefully the Washington coaching staff starts to, you know, uh, do the transition to Antonio Gibson. He's clearly a better player than Peyton Barber. And I think you're right. I think he's a tournament play only at this point in the season, but if you're sitting there with $4,300 left in it's in your tournament lineup, Antonio Gibson could come in at 5% on a win you a tournament. And that's just, you know, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to win you a tournament. We're not trying to play it too safe. Antonio Gibson in tournaments, you know, I think he's definitely worth consideration. And, and, and I want to be clear, nobody else around that price range is winning you the tournament. There is, there is nobody at the 4,300 level who is going to catch two touchdowns other than Antonio Gibson this week. You're telling me you don't want to pay $200 more for Frank Gore? <laughs> Against the 49ers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, not the similar upside. I would agree. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's it for running backs, unless you have anything you want to talk about, Aaron. I do not see any more running backs. I don't see any reason to dip below Antonio Gibson here. I think we gave away uh, a lot of good running backs here. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready to move on to wide receiver. I'll let you take it at the top. You have uh, an interesting note jotted down here. There's a lot of elite options at the top, so uh, I'll let you get it started here. Yeah, so I have a, I have an issue with wide receiver uh, this week, and that is that between, like, the 7,000 and maybe 5,500 range, I have the same problem with everybody, which is I like them all the same amount. Uh, I, I don't think there's anyone I truly love this week, but I like so many guys the same amount. The, the money almost doesn't matter. Uh, so, and you know, with that, we can we can go player by player, and I think we're going to start at the top here. DeAndre Hopkins, seventy seven hundred dollars. He had a huge week after Bill O'Brien traded him away for absolutely no reason. Uh, so, you know, Aaron, I'm, I'm going to let you go over the numbers while I, while I sulk in my previous Texans fandom. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. The meme of you laying in the bed, looking at the picture frame with DeAndre Hopkins in it. So yeah, <laughs> while you're doing that, I'm going to mention that DeAndre Hopkins had 16 targets last week and uh, 14 of those were caught for receptions. This is a great matchup here versus Washington. We know they don't have a good secondary. Uh, there's absolutely no reason to shy away from DeAndre Hopkins right here. The only reason to shy away would be, are you playing him or are you going to go $400 more for Devontae Adams or, you know, $300 less for like a Julio Jones? When it comes down to Adams, Hopkins, and Julio Jones, I think they're all the same. I mean, I think Adams probably has the highest touchdown upside just because over the years he's a great touchdown, you know, machine, but... Man, Hopkins here, I think he's locked and loaded for another 15-target week. I think uh, this could be a big week for the Arizona offense. I definitely like DeAndre Hopkins if you're spinning up at wide receiver. Yeah, I, I agree. I, the thing with this slate for me is that I think you you if you if you pay up at wide receiver, you're going to have to go budget elsewhere. If that means Antonio Gibson, then it is what it is. But more realistically, you're going to need to go budget with your third wideout. And there's not very many options for that. We'll get to it when we get there. There are definitely some options, 
But I think that the ideal lineup this week is going to be three of the mid-level guys. So, you know, Hopkins and Julio Jones obviously have great game scripts and they're they're probably going to put up respectable lines, both of them. I think you need to find the, the mid-level guy who's going to outproduce them both. And I definitely think it, he exists in the slate. So the question that I have for you, Aaron, is that guy Allen Robinson? I think that guy is Allen Robinson in tournaments. Um, this is another classic tournament versus cash um, thing here. We've got Allen Robinson at 6,400. And just below him, we have Amari Cooper at 6,300. Both of these guys are in great matchups. The difference here is Allen Robinson has a quarterback by the name of Mitch Trubisky throwing him the ball. Amari Cooper has Dak Prescott in a dome this week, which makes Amari Cooper the safer cash game play. But I think Allen Robinson is going to come in at low ownership um, against the Giants secondary that just got torched last week. And uh, also, we're kind of big in narratives here on the Cash Landing Podcast. We saw Allen Robinson come out this week and publicly demand a trade. So do you think, uh, Ben, do you believe in the narrative that they're going to try to feed him the ball and make him happy after he came out and publicly demanded a trade? Man, I love all narratives. If you give me a narrative, I will probably buy into it. So yes, I I, <laughs> I buy into this specific narrative for sure. There, there's many narratives in this slate. We're going to go over some later. I, I, I believe in that. I think they're going to feed him. I think he will be a good... Uh, cheap alternative to DeAndre Hopkins. I think he'll get a similar target share this week. Yeah, man, we're talking about narratives. Did I mention it was Allen Robinson's birthday on Sunday? Oh, it was? I didn't even know that. No, it's not, but how great would that be? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I hate you. (laughs) That would just be unreal. He'd be a lock at that point. I really believed it. The birthday narrative is one of the best ones because it just makes no sense at all, but it always works out. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's Amari Cooper and Cash. I think... uh, Amari Cooper is also a great tournament play, but I think if you want to do a little ownership play, Allen Robinson in tournaments is a, is a good option here. Let me right. let me ask you a, a real question. You have now recommended Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper in cash lineups. Do you how do you feel about rolling out all three of them? I don't. I think you can. I definitely think you can. Personally, I would probably be more inclined to roll out like a Dak Amari Cooper lineup and then just slot in Derrick Henry as opposed to putting in all three. But I think if you want to put in all three, you can. But me personally, I would probably go Dak, Cooper, and then probably go Derrick Henry as my top uh, running back. I I agree. One thing I forgot to notice to note about that game specifically is that the Cowboys-Falcons game is going to get a lot of attention, and and rightfully so. I mean, it's going to be a shootout, and these are two well-known franchises. If you're really looking to win a tournament and and go low owned, I mean that that Buffalo Miami series series like this is baseball. That Buffalo Miami game I think is is going to be especially under the radar, uh, just just in terms of you know Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, guys like that. Yeah, no, I mean that's always something that you always have to be considering ownership if you're trying to win a tournament. Ownership has to be accounted for. You can't just neglect it. And uh, yeah, I mean. We know Falcons-Cowboys is going to be the game this week from a DFS perspective. Speaking of ownership, I wanted to talk about the next guy who I think is going to be relatively low-owned. Maybe not you know, as low as, uh, as low as his number two counterpart, who we will also talk about later. But uh, that guy is T.Y. Hilton, uh, the, the Colts guy. He's in a dome. I, dome T.Y. Hilton is a narrative. <laughs> and you know how I feel about narratives. I love... T.Y. Hilton in a dome. T.Y. Hilton at, at home is is one of the most productive receivers in the league, and he's only $5,700. Um, 
Philip Rivers didn't really establish the connection with him too well last week. He 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 passed more to Paris Campbell actually, and Paris Campbell may actually end up being the better value this week. But T.Y. Hilton definitely has two touchdown upside. I think Naheem Hines is not going to score two touchdowns a week. Jack Doyle being out means that that's more targets going T.Y.'s way, and I really like him at this at this price point. Honestly, both of the Vikings starting outside corners, neither one of them scare me. No, I mean, we saw the Vikings get absolutely lit up last week by the Packers. Um, T.Y. Hilton, he's not Devontae Adams, but you get T.Y. Hilton in a dome, you know, before his hamstrings have just completely given out on him for the season. That is when, you know, maybe he can put up Devontae Adams-like numbers any given week and uh, in a tournament or even cash. I think T.Y. Hilton is a, a pretty good option here. I don't see a – I think it should be a good day for Phillip Rivers in that passing attack, and T.Y. Hilton could very easily – be the main beneficiary of that yeah yeah uh, for sure and just I, I i really like the the hamstring comment that you said there ty hilton at the beginning of the year you know as soon as you draft him you're like man why doesn't everybody draft this guy every year and then at about week seven you start to realize <laughs> oh yeah. yeah this guy's made of popsicle sticks and glue you draft him and then like two days after your draft you get the little notification on your phone and you're like man please don't let this be the ty hilton hamstring notification and then it is every time. <laughs> uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, I, I didn't write this down, and so we we sort of skipped over it, but uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown this week, I, that guy might be a must-play against a Houston secondary that c- could not cover anything, and Lamar Jackson looked much improved in the air last week. Uh, Hollywood-Brown is, is 6K this week, and I, I might roll Hollywood-Brown out in every single lineup. Yeah, 6.2. I don't think Hollywood Brown is a lock for cash lineups ever just because he's still mainly a deep ball threat. And any given week, Baltimore could just be like, hey, you know what? We don't even have to pass it this week. We're just going to run for 300 yards. But uh, Marquise Brown is going to be a perennially great tournament option here on the Cash Landing Podcast. I agree. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, so just sliding down, a lot of these are my guys. That's why I'm sort of going over them. But uh, but Aaron has some has some budget options to go over. Uh, my last sort of mid-level guy is going to be Robbie Anderson. I think if you're fading Christian McCaffrey, uh, you, you're you're doing it under the assumption that Teddy Teddy H2O is going to game manage his way into this <laughs> into this wide receiver production. Robbie Anderson is just a constantly overlooked talent whose time on the Jets. I think it might have obscured the fact that he he could really still be a legit number one receiver in this league. Probably not with DJ Moore on his team, but you know on certain teams he definitely could. Uh, him and him and Teddy Bridgewater had a connection going in week one. You know, if this is how your salaries work out, where you can only afford Robbie Anderson and not DJ Moore, I think he he might outproduce DJ Moore again, even on fewer targets. Yeah, I'd be curious to see where the ownership came in specifically with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I would probably just play whoever's going to be lower owned. But um, yeah, Robbie Anderson, you saw him score like a 75-yard touchdown last week on a play where the the uh, the Raiders' safety just took the one of the worst angles I've ever seen. And Robbie <laughs> Anderson showed off that elite speed he has. He's another guy that you love to play him before he gets injured because he will likely get injured this year. But yeah, I'm a big DJ Moore guy, so it's hard for me to cheer for Robbie Anderson every week. But I do think he's a good play here at 5,200 if you're of the belief that that uh, that Carolina passing attack is legit, which there's a chance it might be. There is a chance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, you know, I got nothing else to say. I think Robbie Anderson is a good play. I think DJ Moore is also a good play, and he's not very much more expensive. Yep. All right, I'm going to move on here to Russell Gage. 
Uh, this is definitely a tournament-only play, but we've talked about the Falcons and Cowboys game a lot. This is a good way to get cheap exposure to that game. We saw him get 12 targets last week for nine catches and over 100 yards. A lot of that was in garbage time, but hey, who's to say he can't put up that same stat line in garbage time this week? Russell Gage is the wide receiver three on this passing offense. They're going to pass it 50 times. They're going to be behind probably. They're in a dome. Uh, the Cowboys secondary is nothing to be afraid of. I think Russell Gage at 4,800. If you're going to fade Julio and fade Calvin Ridley, you know maybe he's a leverage play here and just hope maybe he gets a couple lucky touchdowns in there. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't really have a specific problem with with Russell Gage. I was big on Russell Gage going into the year because I think, you know, he he was primed for a lot of targets, and I sort of wanted to stash him in some deep in some deep leagues for sure. I don't love it this week, uh, just because I think there are options cheaper than him who present the same upside, and and we'll get to those in a second. But uh, you know, if you have forty eight hundred dollars to spend, Russell Gage is acceptable um I, I i just think there are better options namely you know scotty miller and 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 quintez cephas yeah uh and also you mentioned uh paris campbell a little bit earlier he's gonna be our next guy forty five hundred dollars we talked about minnesota getting lit up last week uh paris campbell had nine targets last week um i think ty hilton as we talked about will probably get most of the ownership but i think paris campbell could easily outscore him this week uh, Philip Rivers loves the slot guys. You know, he loves the speedy guys that he can just check it down to and hope they uh, break out for a big play. And that is Paris Campbell. And I think uh, he's a great play here in this spot against Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, people forget that Paris Campbell is just an athletic freak. He is he's large. He's over 200 pounds and he runs a 4-3. And just for all of Philip Rivers' faults, I mean, he usually provides some decent fantasy production from, from guys like this. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, 4,100 here. Ben, if I told you there was a man by the name of Scotty Miller, what would be some words that you would use to describe him? I would say that that Scotty Miller sounds like a a gritty, a gritty performer, a gym rat. I would say he's probably the first one to practice and the last one to leave. He's sneaky, athletic. He's he's faster than he looks. Uh, <laughs> great teammate. Yeah, great teammate. Excellent locker room guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> We could make these jokes all day. It's definitely one of our favorite jokes. This won't be the last time we uh, we do this. But, uh, you know, we know Tom Brady loves this Wes Welker, Julian Edelman type of receiver. Um, Chris Godwin is doubtful with a concussion. You know, once Chris Godwin gets ruled out, Scotty Miller is going to be a lock just to get all these Brady targets in the slot. Um, we didn't even mention Mike Evans, who's probably a great play. Um, he's got three touchdown upside all the time. But, man, Scotty Miller is just going to grit his way to 20 points here, I think. By uh, by Wes Welker, Julian Edelman type, do you mean uh, white wide receiver? No, I mean gritty wide receiver. That's, <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> I, I, I will say uh, last week I saw a bomb that, well, whatever Tom Brady qualifies as a bomb with his 43-year-old arm, but I saw a bomb pass to Scotty Miller in, the, in, in last week's game, and it was just put right into his bread basket. And I just had that picture of Tom Brady – as the meme of the dude on the bed holding up the photo. And it's just a picture of Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola high-fiving on the, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers home field. It's Scotty Miller now, dude. That's his guy. That's going to be his guy. (laughs) I don't know why. I've just got a gut feeling. Tom Brady, Scotty Miller. I don't know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You don't know what it is. No clue what it is. (laughs) All right. I think it's, uh, I think it's important to note Corey Davis is $4,000. AJ Brown just got ruled out earlier today. 
Corey Davis led the team in targets last week. He put up seven catches with 100 yards. Now there's absolutely no A.J. Brown, and they're going up against the Jaguars. I mean, we could give you the stats on the Jaguars and tell you they're just dead last in pretty much most defensive categories. Or, you know, you could just take a flyer on Corey Davis. If you're of the belief that, you know, maybe the Jaguars just sell out, put like nine people in the box against Derrick Henry, so they put Tannehill in the passing in the play-action passing game, I think Corey Davis could be in for a big day here. Uh, I think he's a tournament play only, but I don't hate Corey Davis here. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Corey Davis is definitely a good play. I mean, this is this is essentially now a number one wide receiver for for four thousand dollars, which you don't find most weeks, and you definitely won't find anywhere else this week against the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, against a bad defense. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, I'm gonna let you take it away. This is your sleeper this week. Yeah, this is definitely my guy. Um, Quintez Cephas at, at $3,800. I am honestly not sure at all if that's how you pronounce his name. So, you know, I'm sorry to the to the Cephas family if I'm if I'm butchering this. But <laughs> I, I will say being the Detroit Lions number three receiver is always a really good place to be. Uh, two years ago, I bought into Kenny Galladay at pick 220 in fantasy drafts just because he was, you know, the number three wide receiver in an air raid offense. And it always runs three wideouts and he was big and fast. And... So for that same reason, I'm sort of buying into Quintez Cephas with Kenny Galladay now injured because he is the clear uh, number two outside receiver, actually, with Danny Amendola playing in the slot. You're not going to find this sort of value any lower in the price range. 3800 is the absolute cutoff this week. He played 79% of the week one snaps with Galladay out, and he even had red zone targets last week. So this is a, a proven commodity who will get the opportunities in the red zone. I expect Jair Alexander to lock up Marvin Jones Jr., and I expect Stafford to find Amendola and Cephas as his safety valves. So I just love this as a value play this week. Yep, uh, tournament only. I'm sure you would agree with that. But uh, Yeah, absolutely. Once you get down to this price range, it's always tournament only. Yep, all right. Uh, I do like that as a as a lone sleeper. Um, you ready to move on to tight end? I would love to move on to tight end, Aaron. All right, I've got Hayden Hurst here. Um he plays for the Falcons. We like the Falcons this week. He played 78% of the snaps last week. And uh, yeah, that's all I've got on Hayden Hurst. I think he's a good play. Yeah, you could have stopped it at he plays for the Falcons. It, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to pass the ball and he's going to catch it. And you just know that it's going to happen. Yep. Uh, this is actually my favorite tight end. Uh, scrolling down the list a little bit. It's going to be Jonu Smith, the Titans tight end. With A.J. Brown out, those, tar- those targets have to go somewhere. Jacksonville is horrible at guarding tight ends. Just, I mean, they're not very good at guarding anything, but especially tight ends. And so I just, I definitely see two touchdowns in John o. Smith potential for, for sure. And, and at 4,200, that's, that's a great price for that. Yeah. Also John o. Smith, just a freak athlete. I mean, there's not too many tight ends that you could, you know, predict maybe a 50 or a 60 yard touchdown. John o. Smith is such an athletic freak. He could honestly score a 50 yard touchdown from, you know, the tight end position, which is great upside for tournaments. I, I like John U. Smith in cash as well. Um, guys, I, I cannot believe that you're about to say the name of this next man. I, I can't believe it. Yep, this just shows how uh, unbiased we are here on the Cash Landing Podcast. I'm going to go O.J. Howard, $3,900, uh, tournament don't you, only. Don't you, don't you dare ever say that name in my presence ever again. Oh, man, O.J. Howard, fun times. So, so full disclosure. We took OJ Howard in a joint league last year. Um, we took him early <laughs> because it was a tight end premium league, and we believed in OJ Howard in the in the Buccaneers offense that passes all the time. That was that's probably the worst draft pick 
that anybody will ever make. Look, OJ Howard did not outperform his ADP. We're just going to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> but he did have six target last week. We know Chris Godwin's probably going to be out. And uh, he got red zone targets. I think there's a chance OJ Howard could just completely troll us and score two touchdowns. And, uh, you know, I think he's a tournament flyer here at tight end where tight end's a good spot to, you know, take some shots in tournaments at low ownership. Yeah, I, I don't love it. I'm 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 fading OJ Howard. I'm, I don't I'm blame you. I don't blame you, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. We got Logan Thomas. Uh, I mean, w- what is there to say about Logan Thomas? Really, he sort of broke out last week and and played seventy five percent of the snaps, and is suddenly the number one tight end in his offense. So at thirty six hundred, I mean, that's a pretty good price. I think I like the guy below him a little more, but I'll let you go ahead and talk about Logan Thomas. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing to note about Logan Thomas was, you know, he saw eight targets last week, which is a lot for that Washington passing game. And the Arizona Cardinals were dead last by a wide margin in defending tight ends last year. They gave up a lot of fantasy points to tight ends. I just think, you know, if Logan Thomas sees those eight, you know, maybe ten targets again, which there's no reason to believe he won't. I just think he's a. I think he's probably the best cash game tight end um, on the slate at thirty six hundred dollars. Oh, this is where we disagree. I think that Chris Herndon at thirty four hundred dollars is probably the best cash game tight end. If you don't want Johnu Smith for whatever reason, because it's obviously Johnu Smith. But Chris Herndon, uh, the Jets are playing the Forty ers which is a problem. But Sam Darnold has to throw the ball to somebody, and Jamison Crowder is sitting out this game. Well, not sitting out; he's hurt. Uh, Chris Herndon was sort of expected to be a major force last year, but then he had the suspension and everything else. So now he's sort of a big question mark, but he could easily be, you know, the number one passing option in this offense. And the 49ers are not going to allow you much time to get the ball out to your wideouts. Yeah. Are we sure Jameson Crowder is not just sitting out this week? You know, he didn't just realize I don't want to play for the jets anymore. This sucks. I don't like it here. I want to go home. And, uh, No, I mean, he is actually hurt. But uh, yeah, Jameson Crowder had 13 targets last week. Chris Herndon's probably going to get a bunch of those. We know that Sam Darnold is going to be under a lot of pressure this week from that 49ers front seven. Expect a lot of uh, checkdowns to Chris Herndon. And uh, yeah, I think he's a great play here at 3,400. All right, yeah, and I I think that's it. We we don't talk about defenses and, and kickers on this show because, frankly, they're boring, but... I will say defenses to to watch out for this week. I'm I, I'm basically slotting the bills into everything if I have the money. I would say that a budget defense that you should probably go for is going to be the Arizona defense because Dwayne Haskins is always liable to throw some interceptions. Yeah, and I don't even hate um, any time you want to, you can play a defense against Mitch Trubisky because there's always touchdown upside there. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Ben, I think that's enough DFS. I don't know what more people could ask for us. You know, we dug deep, you know, I think we gave out some great picks there. Are you ready to get to uh, some bets for this week? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely ready to get to some bets. Let me go ahead and explain this for the audience. So we are going to do a section every week in which we get 500 fake dollars. So this is not our real money that we're putting down, or it might be, but I'm not going to admit that. We get 500 fake dollars to make bets with which we will track and update each week to see how we do both individually and as a podcast. Um, we're going to restrict these bets to only over this weekend, including Monday night football, I guess. Are you cool with Monday night football as well? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, yeah. I think we can definitely do Monday night football if we like it. I don't have one this week, but I probably will in the future. 
Yeah, I also I don't I also don't think I have Monday Night Football this week. But so we have five hundred fake dollars. This is going to be parlays, teasers, picking spreads, money lines, anything you can think of. Uh, if you want to tail our picks, feel free. Uh, we think we're pretty sharp. If if you want to just you know use this as some perspective to maybe you know look at the look at the board yourself, feel free to do that as well. We're just gonna you know go over our our decisions for this weekend. Yep. All right. Uh, I'll start it off here. I'm going to go with um, a two-team, six-point teaser. And what a teaser is, is you take the normal line, and then this is a six-point teaser. So you take six points, and you subtract it from the normal line. You can do a two-team teaser. You can do a three-team teaser. And it works just like a parlay where um, every single bet has to hit in order for you to win. So I'm going to do a two-team, six-point teaser that takes the Chiefs down to minus three and the Ravens down to minus one. And uh, that comes out to minus 120. So I am betting $120 to win $100, which means I'm going to profit $100 and get $220 back on my ticket. So, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs just have to beat the Chargers by three. The Ravens have to beat the Houston Texans by one. I don't think the Chargers offense is going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs offense uh, for obvious reasons. The Chargers defense has already been decimated by injury this year. Um, the Chargers just lost their center, Mike Pouncey, for the year. Um, and then when it comes to the Ravens, you know, they we saw them dominate the Browns last week. We saw Houston um, struggle to move the ball at times against a KC defense. And uh, now they face the Ravens defense, which is better than the Kansas City defense. There's absolutely no reason to believe that the Ravens are not going to be able to score on the Texans here in a dome. Um, home field advantage, obviously not as big of a deal this year with no fans or limited fans, which is why I'm going to take both road teams. Um, yeah, I highly suggest that you tell me on this uh, very first bet in cash landing podcast history, $120 uh, on a Chiefs Ravens, Ravens six-point teaser. I, I will say that that does sound like free money to me. Um, I There is... There are very few worlds in which the Chiefs do not win by three and the Ravens do not win, you know, by two. Uh, so I, I, I agree with that. I think that's a great bet. I will go ahead and basically give you another free money pick. Aren't they all free money picks on Friday night? <laughs> I will say that my two-team parlay is as close to free money as you can, as you can get as well as yours. Uh, I just have a straight up parlay Ravens and Bills money line Ravens against the Houston Texans Bills against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I don't have the exact odds on me for some reason because I didn't write them down, but I would be betting $200 to win 160. Uh, that means that I would, you know, total cash back on the ticket would be $360. I just, there is absolutely no way that the Houston Texans led by Bill O'Brien, beat the Baltimore Ravens when they have just, the Ravens have absolutely demolished them the last three times they played. The Bills are going to beat the Dolphins. I would be a little bit worried about the spread. I'm not worried about the money line. I think the Bills will pull it out. And therefore, I think that this pick is free money. Yeah, I would always hesitate to put like absolutely free money lock in anything where Josh Allen is involved, but... (laughs) <laughs> I, I do think the Bills are going to win, so I can't fault you there. Um, my next pick, I'm going to go with a straight bet here against the spread. I'm going to go with the New York Giants plus five and a half points um, at the Chicago Bears. 
Um, so I'm going to bet $110 to win 100 I thought the Giants' pass game looked pretty good last week. I talked about it earlier. It was a tough matchup versus the Steelers. Um, I think Saquon gets more involved in the passing game because they realize they're probably not going to be able to run the ball in this matchup. I, I honestly think the Giants have the better QB. I like Daniel Jones more than Mitch Trubisky. And this just feels like a game that's going to come down to a last-second field goal, and I'm getting five-and-a-half points with the Giants. So if they lose by a field goal, I'm still fine. Um, yeah, I'm going Giants plus five and a half against the Bears. One ten to win a hundred. Man, whenever when when we talk about our reasoning for the picks, it always sounds so good, doesn't it? Oh man, I'm just like I'm looking at them, just like there's no way they lose by more than five and a half points, right? <laughs> you know, no way. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, we start off um, on the first show with some winners. If not, then you know we'll bounce back strong next week. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> uh, my next pick is going to be in the Rams versus Eagles game. I'm going to take the under. Uh, I caught the line at 45 and a half. I'm going to go under betting $115 to win 100. So that's a, a minus 115 odd. Um, my my reasoning for this is that both of these offensive lines are just not very good. And neither offense is really dynamic enough with the current pieces that they have. There's too many injuries. They're not going to make enough splash plays. And they're also not really going to turn the ball over, I don't think. So I expect a lot of stall drives after sacks, especially. Uh, the Philadelphia run defense is really good, and the Rams just insist on running a 12 personnel now, especially with Brandon Cooks gone, where I think they're going to try and run the ball a lot. I think Philly is going to stuff them. And just in general, I think the Rams, when people think of the Rams, they think of the Rams that had Brandon Cooks and the best running back in the league and Todd Gurley that year. And that's just not what that offense is anymore. So I'm, I'm going under. I think I think this game does not hit 45 points for sure. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you said there. The Rams offense, it just it feels like it's a lot of dink and dunk these days. They had like long, like seven, eight-minute drives. And, uh, you know, if you could potentially get like a nine-minute drive that stalls in a field goal, then all of a sudden the under is looking great in that game. So I do like that bet there. I'm going to go with an over, and I'm going to take the over in the Bills versus the Dolphins. This over is 41 points. It's at minus 110. I'm going to bet $165 to win $150. Um, the Buffalo offense looked great last week against the Jets. Now they get another great matchup in the Dolphins. Josh Allen has always put up better numbers on the road than he has in Buffalo. Um, I think Josh Allen's going to make plays with his feet. I think it could be a sneaky good day for uh, Stephon Diggs or John Brown in this matchup. And then on the other side, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think he's either going to give me, you know, some garbage time touchdowns to help me get to the over. Or he's going to you know, throw a pick six or two, and defensive touchdowns are always big for overs. I think either team could score a defensive touchdown in this game with Josh Allen and Ryan Fitzpatrick um, throwing passes. I like over 41 in this game for sure, 165 to win 100. Lock it in. All right, I I like that pick too. I, I was gonna I was gonna argue with you about it until I saw that the over was only 41 points. Uh, I mean, you know, the Bills defense is obviously about as elite as elite gets, but 41 points is a pretty low total. So I, I, I'm not mad at that for sure. Yeah, I'm just looking for like a 28 to 20 here, and I don't think that's asking too much. No, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I'm gonna bring in a different sport here. I think we're talking a little too much football. And and not a, not not showing enough love to uh, the sport that I think both you and I love the most, which is baseball. Uh, w- w- would you agree? Oh man, just when everyone thought this was going to be a straight football, you know, podcast, <laughs> if you thought we weren't going to bring in Alec Mills in this podcast, you were just sorely mistaken. 
how dare you think we wouldn't mention Alec Mills in the episode one of Cash Landing? Also, like, so, what a terrible day to throw a no-hitter, man. Week one, NFL Sunday, and you're going to throw a no-hitter at like 2 p.m. when literally everyone is watching NFL yeah, games? Nobody, That's a tough break. Idea. Yeah. yeah. So I, I caught this game. This one just caught my eye when I was looking at the board. So it's the Saturday Twins at Cubs game. I'm going to take the Twins money line at plus 125. Uh, so I'm taking the underdog here on the money line. It's Alec Mills versus Michael Pineda on the mounds. I think the Twins are just the better team this year. They have a real starter on the mound, which is rare for them. I, you know, They only really have three real starters. So I expect the Minnesota lefties, especially Max Kepler, to hit the ball well off of Alec Mills. I think Alec Mills is being massively overvalued after having the game of his life throwing that no-hitter. So I'm going to bet $65 on this game to win $81 and hopefully take home a nice profit on a pretty low-risk bet. Man, if any of you listeners out there find a podcast that brings up uh, Christian McCaffrey and Max Kepler in the same podcast, um, I'd be very impressed. This is the kind of diversity you're going to get here on the Cash Landing Podcast. Um, we, we have some serious overarching sports knowledge, and we are eager to share it with all of you. No, man, I can't wait for Wimbledon. We're just going to drop some money parlays. Um <laughs> Let the record show I've never watched tennis. <laughs> no, that was a joke. All right. Um, I'm going to go 49ers at the Jets. I'm going to go under 41 points in this one. This one's sitting at minus 105 right now. So I'm going to be betting $105 to profit $100. Um, look, I know 41 is low, but you know a lot of times... 41 is low, man, for sure. Man, but they say if the total is low, it's low for a reason and just go under. There's no George Kittle. There's no Jamison Crowder. I'm, Who says that? Uh, just sharp, sharp people in general. No <laughs> doubt about it. When the total is low, you take the under. When the total is high, you take the over. Because people are just going to think to go the opposite way. Um, I love it. I think I, I, I believe I saw a stat that the 49ers wide receivers, so excluding George Kittle and Raheem Mostert, only caught four passes last week. Um, I think the Jets O-line is going to struggle against the San Francisco front. Jimmy G looked pretty bad last week, and now you're taking away his best weapon in George Kittle. I could see a scenario where the Jets don't even score a touchdown in this game. I could, I like the 49ers winning this game probably like 21 to 10, maybe. I think it goes under 41 points, so I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and take my 100 bucks here and uh, lock that one in. Yeah, I'm, I'm not mad at that. The I, I could definitely see the 49ers front seven just giving the Jets fits all day, and they, they get nothing going for sure. Um, I'm going to move on to my next pick. This is, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was, I was trying to scroll down the Google doc. There we go. So this is going to be the Carolina Panthers plus eight and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I am going to be betting $110 to win $100 on this one. So this is minus 110. Yep. 110. And this is with the eight and a half point spread. Um, I thought that Carolina's offense just looked much better than I expected against a Colts defense that was, you know, pretty good last year. Uh, and then, you know, this is last week. I think that all Teddy Bridgewater does is either win or, you know, keep you in games when he's given weapons as he proved last year with the Saints. And honestly, what he has right now is pretty com- like comparable to what he had in New Orleans. I mean, obviously you can't really replace Michael Thomas, but, uh, you know, the combination of Christian McCaffrey – Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, that might be more weapons than he really had in New Orleans. Of course, he doesn't have Sean Payton, but 
I, I just think it might end up being a shootout that Carolina loses. But if you're giving me eight points to work with and they lose by a touchdown, then uh, I'm I'm cool pocketing a hundred dollars on this hundred and ten dollar bet. If you're if you're going to give me eight and a half whole points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, I don't hate that, especially with Chris Godwin out. Um, there's no guarantee that the Tampa offense is going to look way better this week. So I think eight and a half probably is a lot there. Um, all right, so we have each bet five hundred fake dollars. We will um, update how that goes. Hopefully, you guys are you know tailing our picks or at least considering it. Um, you know that's going to basically wrap up the podcast. We're going to be posting this podcast on. Um, a Twitter on a Twitter uh, feed dedicated for this podcast. So yeah, it, it, it'll be linked on all of your uh, streaming platforms, whether it's Spotify or iTunes, we're going to try and get this on both. Uh, that's sort of up to the will of Spotify or iTunes, but once it's up, it's up. And you know, if you're listening to this, we, we, we definitely got it done. Yeah. And then uh, one thing we would, we definitely want you guys to interact with us on the, the cash landing Twitter you could send us start sit questions. You could send us general DFS strategy questions, trade advice. Um, you know, we're going to definitely love to interact with all the listeners on Twitter. Um, hopefully we get this thing up on iTunes where you can subscribe, rate, and uh, leave reviews. And uh, yeah, I mean, thank you guys for listening to the first podcast. I hope everyone uh, enjoys it and will enjoy more coming forward. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I feel good about our picks. I think that you know, if you're tailing them, you're, you're going to have a good weekend. And uh, I, I really appreciate the, uh, the listenership for sure. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for uh, this first episode. Thank you for everyone for listening. Yep.